Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. About the time that I went from uh, being a fifth grader to a sixth grader was about the time that all the coaches and community leaders and teachers uh, were out recruiting for their various programs. Baseball, basketball, wrestling, band, choir, track and field, even our very own church youth group was out with a list of activities wanting us to participate. So like any almost-to-be sixth-grade boy, I began to go through the list of activities to see which one would best fit me and, of course, help me out with the ladies. So I started going down the list. Baseball, good. Uniforms, good. Limited amounts of running, good. Throw a ball, hit a ball. Baseball sounds good. On to basketball, fun, too much running. Wrestling, mm, learn some cool moves. Spandex, not attractive. Band, drummers are cool, right? Count me in, rocking. At least, ah! Said the director of music. He reports. Never mind. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. All right. Anyways, choir, which will not be receiving a plug. Um, choir. Yeah, I got friends in there. I've seen enough movies where girls like guys who can sing. Okay, I'll do that. Track and field? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I only run if someone's chasing me or if I see a snake. Okay. <laughs> Learning about God and how much God loves me? Church? Yeah, I can do that. God loves me in spite of me. I think I need more, more of that. What are some of the things that you've signed up for in your life? Have you, ever, have you always followed through with those things you've committed to? My parents always had the rule that if you sign up, even if you don't like it, you're going to finish it because we paid $80 for you to be in it. Okay? So, amen. All right. So, uh, but I mean, of all the activities that you've done, have you always followed through with them? When I signed up for activities and teams and organizations and so on, I found that all of them have three things that are true and in common. They all take commitment, conviction, and they all do not accept excuses. I've noticed this, and maybe you have too. For everything that we're a part of in life, whenever something new comes along, there seems to be a period of suffering. How many of you have ever gotten into a new car, and it could be a car new, just new to you, and it starts raining and you say to yourself, I have no idea how to turn on the windshield wipers. Where are the headlights? How many of you have ever gotten a new phone and said, I don't know how to answer this thing? It's supposed to be a smart phone. For anything new in life, there seems to be a period of suffering, a, a period of, of adjustment or, or whatever. When I joined marching band, uh, I remember thinking to myself, well, how hard could this be? I mean, really, how hard could this be? <laughs> you guys are so much more fun than the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> Do not tell them I said that. Okay. It turned out the marching band is very difficult and very disciplined. I marched many miles having a 40-pound drum strapped to my chest while playing the music correctly, marching in time, hitting my spots with precision. If not, then I ran over someone and I had a drum on and I'm not the one who's hurt. <laughs> Through the summer conditioning and the suffering of that conditioning, however, when the fall season came around, I found that my suffering had produced an endurance I didn't have before. 
And because of my newfound endurance and suffering that I had gone through, I had a new attitude and a new appreciation toward marching bands. I think many of us may have had similar experiences. Sure, it might not be with marching bands, but maybe with various teams or organizations that we've been on, and certainly we see it in the church. I mean, we all go through suffering, endurance, character building, and hope all on an average Sunday morning, don't we? When we get out of bed, we suffer, okay? And by the way, saying, oh God, when you get out of bed does not mean that you went to church. We endure family members making excuses on Sunday mornings on why they shouldn't have to go. We experience character building one way or another when we say to our family members we're going or we give in and we say we're not. This is the second week in a row that we've heard this uh, reading from the epistle lesson. Uh, Pastor Match last week focused more on uh, the Holy Trinity and what it means to go out and spread the word of God. And I thought it might be a good idea to talk about this reading today because... Uh, I have the privilege of hearing many of your stories, and I know that many of you today are suffering, and we need a word of hope today. Paul talks about this uh, in the book of Romans. Paul says that because we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, we have two reasons in the face of all of our suffering to rejoice. One Because Jesus Christ is not dead, he is alive, and because he lives, we share in that victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. And then number two, we share in the certain hope of God. Because in the midst of everything, the resurrection promise can never be taken away. And we, in the midst of all the tough things that we go through in this life, we can be the people who we're supposed to be. The people who we want to be in the midst of the trials and tribulations of this life. Kelly Clarkson, uh, American Idol winner, sings a song that's pretty popular. Uh, you know, whatever, what doesn't kill you makes you. Okay, you know it. Okay, good. And you actually had tone over there. Good job. All right. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Anyone ever hear that? Just as a phrase. Okay, Kanye West says uh, we need to work it harder, make it better, do it faster, it makes us stronger. Okay, well, thanks, Kanye and Kelly. But I think that they're just putting Paul's words to catchy tunes. Because, I don't know about you, but I do think that in order to get through this life, we're going to need more than just a catchy tune and the eye of the tiger. Did you get that? Thanks. Randy's not on the rim shot today. All right. Sorry, buddy. It is by God's grace, and only by God's grace, that we are able to stand up every day with hope in our hearts. The resurrection promise is a promise from God, and God is a God who never breaks a promise. So we have the sure and certain hope that Paul talks about here today. How do we get hope in our hearts? By believing in that promise. With all the bad things happening around us and perhaps even to us, how do we get the hope of God in our hearts for the living of these days? While we're sharing the good news that our triune God does love us, and we're living out our relationship with Jesus Christ, Paul says this, We also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. I think all of us know what it means to suffer at one point or another, to one degree or another. For some of us who follow Christ, suffering for our one true faith 
and actually can be the hardest hurdle to get over. Not doing what the world would have us do or even what we want to do, but instead following the will of God can produce a lot of suffering. Saying no in this day and age is hard. Anybody have a tough time saying no? Saying no. It's tough. It's tough. Saying no to the drug. Saying no to the TV rather than to read the scripture. Saying no to pornography. Saying no to the phone or computer and actually look another human being in their eye and communicate saying no to the activity that leads you away from God's family at church and the will of God for you. It's tough. But don't think that you're alone in this. You're not alone, because Jesus shares our pain. He himself asked for the cup to be removed in the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, if God doesn't pull us out of whatever it is we're suffering, rest assured that God does walk with us and pulls us through whatever we're suffering. That's why we talk about it so much in Psalm 23. Why is that? What's one of the famous lines in Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And because Jesus followed the Father's will, today we have the salvation and life eternal. When we have the conviction that there's nothing in this world more important than following God, our suffering is still suffering. It's still painful. But that suffering has fruit. That suffering produces and turns into endurance to run the race of life of discipleship with our Lord. Today and Friday, I had the, um, I had the privilege, I'm going to take part in seven baptisms over this weekend to see the Holy Spirit poured out onto someone. When we baptize someone, we have the font up here, we have a bowl of water. And to have something poured out onto you, anyone ever have uh, milk poured on your lap at the dinner table? <laughs> Anybody accidentally spill something or have something poured onto them? This is on purpose. God doesn't just go, ah, oh, here you go, here's a sprinkle. God pours out the Holy Spirit upon us. And that's reassuring. So Paul tells us that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character. Now I know we have some characters right here under this shelter house, but what is character? Character is your convictions showing forth in your everyday life and actions. When we go about our day-to-day -day life, how we react to situations, how we treat others, what we focus our energy on, what we focus our minds on, and our attitudes even in these situations, show our character. Our character is simply a mirror of our convictions. When our convictions are grounded in the world, then our character will be worldly. When we settle for the temporary, temporary is what we'll get. But we, when we have the conviction in our hearts that God is the God who is everlasting, who was, who is, and who is to come, then we go through a kind of suffering that produces endurance. And our endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And Paul is right when he says hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us. Yes, there are things in this life that we do not want to go through. Divorce, financial difficulties, job stuff, 
health concerns, family reunions. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the situations in, these life, in this life that we find ourselves in sometimes might not be ideal. But when our character is firmly grounded in God, we will be the person that God wants us to be, the people who we want to be in those difficult times. When our foundation is Jesus Christ, when our hope is built on the solid rock of God's promise of forgiveness and everlasting life, then suffering produces endurance, which brings forth character, which grounds us in a true and certain hope that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. So that even in the midst of the things that we cannot understand, the things that are happening around us, happening to us, we can say with sure and certain hope the fact that the one thing that will not ever change, the one thing I can cling on to, is the fact that Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen Ooh, we're going Baptist. All right. There we go. That's right. He is risen. And because of that fact, we have hope in the midst of anything that comes our way in this life. So let's rejoice. Let's rejoice because the resurrection gives us forgiveness of sins, life through death, and freedom from the devil. The resurrection gives us hope and God sets us free. Even in the midst of the things in this life where we feel as entombed by life as Jesus was on Saturday. Sunday's a coming. Jesus burst forth in life. And God sets us free. So take heart. And remember this. If you forget anything else, remember this. God so loved the world, which includes you, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We have been saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And with this good news in our heart, May we live and share our hope, which does not disappoint us, because God's love's been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.